It's the 2nd of November 2022, a Wednesday. And so today, many members of the monastic Sangha from Sri Lanka and India have come to visit. The Sri Lankan Sangha is led by Bhante Wisutananda, and the Indian Sangha led by Venerable Bhante Kasapa Terra. So there's around over 20 monks who have come here and many faithful lay people from Sri Lanka, India and Switzerland come to visit this monastery, Watmapjan. I feel a great feeling of familiarity with um, all of the members of the Sangha as well who have come and also the laity who have are sincere in coming to travel here to this monastery. And they all have this sata, this conviction and faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. They're all people who are really intent on practicing, on training their minds so that they become better and better. And this is what we call bhavana, this development or making things better. Because it's the nature of our minds that they're not going to just get better all by themselves. It doesn't happen automatically. But it requires our training. And if we don't train our minds, then they won't get mindfulness and they won't get wisdom. And in that case, they'll always be running, following after all of the impressions that arise within them. So people who are intent on keeping the five precepts, and these are those who have an important, an important quality of humans. They've got the sila, and also this faith as well, in the Buddha Sasana. And gaining this virtue and faith, it's a birth within the mind, and a birth that's very difficult to gain. We see how the perfectly self-awakened Buddha, he built his Bharami for a very, very long time. He had to train his mind for an extremely long time. He developed this Bharami of dana, of generosity, the Bharami of sila, of virtue. And so we try to practice following that. And he was very strict in the way that he practiced, practicing um, developing these bharamis and all their efforts, developing this generosity and virtue, and also this meditation as well. And he did that from an ordinary level until the point where he was willing to sacrifice his limbs and his life many, many times. Creating this Bharami until it reached a state of completion, until he awakened as the Samma Sambuddha. So for us, whether we're monastics, whether we are laity, we develop our minds as a homage to the Buddha this offering our practice as homage to the Buddha through our walking meditation, our sitting meditation, 
developing our mindfulness. And these are very important things because these are the things that the Buddha himself wished for us to do. He wanted for us to train our minds so that we could give rise to great benefit, so that the suffering that we experience lessens and lessens. Because after all, how is it that suffering arises? Well, the cause of this dukkha, the suffering, is greed, aversion and delusion. This is what causes dukkha to arise. So does this dukkha, does it come from when we were in the womb or when we were born as babies? And I've contemplated this before and I found that whenever there's this feeling of self that comes up, this is where the defilements will arise. That there's <clears throat> me and mine that appears and this is the cause for suffering to come up. And that's at that point when defilements arise. So when we practice, what we need to do is get to the point where knowledge appears. And this is what we call wisdom. This thorough all-round knowing into sankharas, conditions. These heap of sankharas, whether they're the physical sankharas or mental sankharas, this physicality or mentality, whether it's the form or the feeling or the perceptions, the mental formation, sense consciousness. And all 84,000 teachings of the Buddha, these all come down to physicality and mentality being impermanent and constant, being stressful, and that they need to break apart, they're anatta, they're empty. But right now our minds see these things as being atta, as being a self, as being a source of happiness and being something that's permanent and lasting, even though the nature of sankharas is that they're not permanent, that they are stressful and suffering, and that they're not self. And the reason we see things in that way is because wisdom hasn't yet arised. And so this delusion comes up, and it's been there since we were born. But when we see the truth of dukkha, of suffering, that's when we get this firm intent to practice, to try to find the way out of that very suffering. So we need to study, we need to study the theory, the bariyati, and then we take that to practice, this pati pati, and then until this knowledge arises, this Padiveda. If we just study the theory only, there's just this Bariyati, but we don't put that into practice, then there is value that comes from that, there's some goodness that arises, but it doesn't yet reach the point where we need to get to. But if we have this sincere intent to practice, and then we'll try to develop these minds of ours so that they grow and grow. So that they change. They change from minds that were once filled with delusion, filled with the causes of suffering, into minds that have more and more knowledge. And then we can begin. So we can begin to still 
and bring our speech and our deeds to a state of stillness. And this is having sila, this virtue. And we gain this faith and we just carry on practicing in that way. So perhaps before we didn't keep the five precepts or the eight precepts, um, but now we do keep these because we see the value of the sila. We're able to control our body and speech. Because if we don't train ourselves in this, then whenever we have a mood come up, we'll just act or speak in line with that. And this may cause a lot of suffering to arise. And so how is it that we give rise to happiness? And when we know that generosity and virtue um, allow us to experience this happiness, and then we'll kind of practice those. But it's only happiness to one level, because there's still suffering that's there. We still have this wrong view. So we only get this degree of happiness. And we still experience this dukkha in our hearts. Even though we may gain many things in this world, we may gain the pleasant aspects of the worldly dhammas, as gain and uh, praise and status and pleasure, these things that we like and find desirable. But these also have their opposite sides as well, the things that we don't like. And if we don't have wisdom, then when we gain the things we dislike, then we'll suffer. So it's just like the Brahman, Diganaka. And there were things that he didn't like. He didn't like old age, he didn't like sickness, he didn't like death. And so the Buddha asked him, well, these things that you don't like, are you going to receive them? And he said, well, yes, I'll need to get old. I'll need to get sick and I'll need to die. And so the Buddha then asked, well, when you get those, will you feel happiness or will you suffer if you are averse to them? And he said, well, I'll suffer. And at this point, the Brahmin's mind gathered together and samadhi and wisdom appeared. And he was able to accept how he would need to get old and get sick and die and how these are normal things. And that allowed him to see the Dhamma. His Bharami had reached a state of completion. So we see he had great merit to be able to meet with the Buddha. But for us in this present life, we've met with the Dhamma, the teachings of the Buddha. And all these teachings, they point us to be sincere in training our minds. Training these minds which once had little mindfulness, to having more and more mindfulness, to changing the views that we have, beginning to be able to accept how the suffering that we experience in this present moment, it comes from the attachments that we have. And this is the cause for suffering to arise. But now we see things as a self. 
And so we still have that suffering within us. So we need to train these minds so that they gain peace, so they come into a state of samadhi, whether that's kanaka samadhi, this momentary samadhi, upajara samadhi, this neighborhood samadhi, or apana, this um, access samadhi. And we'll be able to slowly but surely gain understanding that all these physical things and mental things, they're not me. And when we see things in this light, then the suffering we experience lessens and lessens. But this happens little by little as well. Initially, the samadhi that we're able to gain, that's not constantly with us. And when the mind isn't in that state of samadhi, then this sense of self appears all over again. And conceit comes up again, anger arises once more, greed, hatred and delusion comes up again. But we still have our virtue, so we forbear with that. So like the monastics, the monks having the 227 precepts, and they use these to have kanti, to forbear. And just carry on practicing like this. As we do so, then the energy that we have grows stronger and stronger. We have this strong faith in the Buddha. And that's what's allowed us to be able to ordain and to practice the Dhamma. And then we set our hearts on bhavana, on this cultivating of our minds, putting our effort into that, forbearing with that, training in mindfulness so that it becomes better, having this samadhi, this collectedness of mind, having the wisdom that allows us to abandon the defilements, gaining understanding and meeting with emptiness. So here we're able to let go and to abandon the sense of self, to not attach to it. And we can see when we reach that just how good that state is. Even if we're just going to talk about the peace of samadhi, of the body and mind being in a light and buoyant state with great happiness there. And this, when we reach it, it's a kind of happiness that we've never experienced before. Before we've just known the happiness that comes from seeing sights and hearing sounds and tasting things and smelling things and touching things and thinking about things. And that's the only kind of happiness that people in the world know. But they don't know the happiness that comes from a still mind, from a mind that doesn't feel like it needs to think about anything. And inherent within that samadhi is a deep happiness. So these days people try to seek this happiness in things outside of themselves. And that's very dangerous. And many people die through that pursuit of happiness. But if people have wisdom, then they'll search for that happiness within. And even just allowing these thoughts to drop away until they cease, there's great happiness there. And the less we think, the more happiness we have. And that's the opposite to the view, the attitude that people in the world have. They think that the more they think, the more wisdom they'll gain. But really, the more chaos they gain. 
really whatever state we're in, if we're living in the world, we need to endure a lot as well. Because the people living worldly lives, they have to meet with all different kinds of things. And people just have this strong ego, this strong sense of self. So it's very difficult um, to stop these thoughts, but it's also not above our ability and our efforts to do so. And so as we reduce these thoughts, then samadhi grows. And then this wisdom and knowledge grows as well. And in the end, the mind becomes empty. And we gain this understanding that this path is the path that takes us to Nibbāna. Our sata, our faith and conviction, becomes full of energy. And we don't need to force ourselves to put an effort anymore. Whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, we maintain our mindfulness. And this mindfulness remains firm. And through that we contemplate into physical things and mental things, seeing them as being empty. So the practice it circles around in this way until samadhi becomes consistent, constant. Until when we sit in meditation, the mind gathers into one point. And then we're able to keep the state of lightness of body and mind all throughout the day. And here is where we will see the Dhamma. We'll see nature, see how all the things in this world that we consider to be beautiful, to be long-lasting, that they're just samuti, they're just conventions. And the mind here reaches vimuti, this liberation. Seeing into the nature of forms, the bodies, bodies of humans, bodies of animals, that it's not a being, not an individual, not me, not you. And here is where we see the Dhamma. So may you be sincere in putting your efforts into your practice in this way and do that without stopping. And if we put in our efforts without stopping, then we'll need to get results. And so it's just like digging down into the ground. If we carry on doing that without ceasing, then we'll need to meet with water. Well, like all the success that we may have gained in worldly ways, all that requires effort. So for us, as monks or as practitioners, we really set our hearts on this. Because really, our lives, there's not much to them. Maybe 20 years have passed already, or 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years have passed already. And there's not much time left. So in the life that we do have left, we should really be sincere in our practice, really set our hearts on that. And that's even more so for the monks. But also for the laity as well, really to try and cultivate all kinds of goodness that you can, every kind of merit, whether it's that of generosity or that of virtue. And as we carry on cultivating in this way, then we'll be able to change our wrong views into right views. So may all of you set your hearts on this. <laughs>